0: to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leland McRae.
1: Joe, it's finally playoff time in high school football and it's like, you know, that's the topic, I feel like we talk about playoffs in August with with high school football because we've had so much successful teams in our area and we've had, you know, Riverheads doing what they're doing, but also Stewart's Draft going to state title games, Stanton going to state title games um, in recent years. So. I feel like we build everything up to what can they do in the playoffs, and I'm just pumped that we're finally to the point where we're going to see it happen, and we're going to see—we know who's in the playoffs. We're going to see what's going on.
0: Yeah, we do know who's in the playoffs. Um, I hope the teams in the playoffs enjoy it. Um, I'm not sure how long some of them will be around, but um, you know, for some of them, it was a—it's a big deal to get into the playoffs because uh, we weren't sure that was going to happen this year, uh, and they did, and so now it's about trying to make the most of your situation. Um, so with that being said, let's talk about, I guess, three C first, uh, yeah, Wilson, they come back and beat Stanton despite being down in the 10 in the fourth quarter. And really is just the worst way for Stanton to lose. I mean, they, they screw up a punt, um, in the fourth quarter to give Wilson basically the lead in the game. Um, you just can't have that. It's it's hard to believe that we're talking about 7 and 3 as a disappointment for Stanton, but 7 and 3 is the difference between having a home playoff game and going to heritage and I just I think Stanton is now going to end the season on four straight losses which is a tough way to end your season given how it started.
1: Yeah, I think it is a little bit of just how they did it and how, and how they got there and just with the excitement with 7 and 0 just completely go the opposite way. I I I does I do agree. I think if if they could have gotten to seven and three a different way um, especially with a win maybe in the last game or something like that like you you just have this different feeling going in and maybe the the idea of going to Heritage wouldn't be as much of a disappointment as it as it is um, because Heritage is just a dominant football team and a dominant program and you know we're gonna have Ben Cates on later to talk about what they are but just in the in the short speak of it. I mean, this is a team that has won state titles. I mean, they have coach Brad Bradley there and they've won multiple state titles with him. So it's just, it's a tough thing to go up against. But um, let's talk about this game just a little bit more. I mean, I I picked Wilson just just from momentum's sake. I really liked what they had done against Buffalo Gap the week before. I liked kind of, even in some of their losses, even the Riverheads lost, like they they relied more on their passing game. I think in this, in the search track game, they were in that game right up to the fourth quarter. So I liked kind of the momentum that they had, even though they had lost those two games and then they beat Buffalo gap. I like what they had. So I picked them. And then when they're losing the whole game, I was like, you know what, good for Stanton, good for Stanton to be in control of this game, have the lead. It just, you know, stayed right ahead of them the whole way, but yeah, they just, it kind of was their season. <laughs> it was kind of the three quarters of the season was great. And then the fourth, Uh, quarter of the season just fell off. And that's what they did in this ball game. But I also think it reemphasized how good, how good Pagorski has come through this season.
0: Yeah, I I think so too. And man, it's just tough. It's tough, right? Because now it means that uh, for Stanton, they're, they're going to lose. And I think, you know, maybe kind of with Wilson. Yes. They had a strong close of the season, which is great. Man, that draft game's got to be one they want back, though. Because if you yeah. win that game, maybe you're not going to Brookville, and maybe you you're have not a home playoff game. And no, they, you have they a home finished tied. Game. They yeah. finished
1: tied for fifth. They finished in the spot tied. The number value gave them the spot to be in fifth and be headed to Spotswood for for a rematch. But because of a tiebreaker, that's that means they have to go to Brookville. Yeah, if they do anything, if they win one more game, they're probably hosting a spot they're probably yeah. in the four spot they're probably hosting spots would come into wilson again which we've seen once already this season but i do think they're playing I'd a lot better rather play them than yeah. yeah yeah so it no matter what if, if anything's different for wilson they're they're probably hosting the game so um or if not at least traveling in that five game so yeah the draft game is definitely when they want to look back at all, at that's the really the one that I would look at for Wilson, saying what could have gone the other way. That Spotswood game, Spotswood got up and and took care of that game. So I, I really don't give that a second look. The Riverheads game, they were beat. Short draft, it's just they were in it in the fourth quarter. That I mean, out of three losses, that's the one that you wish you could have back.
0: Yeah, and I think the other aspect here that is interesting is um, as you look at what's going to happen. I mean. I think I go to Brookville. It's just it's gonna be tough. Kinda well, let's, like let's look at the. It's gonna be. Tough. Let's
1: look at the whole classification there. Um, you know the region and then the whole classification you have. Uh, in there, LCA is the number one seed. They are the world beaters. Now they did just get beat by Glass. There, there was you know hope for that they could get beat by somebody, but it took a Glass team, EC Glass team, that's you know a nine and one team in Class Four to beat LCA. So I think this entire region's looking up at LCA, you know, heritage, I heritage last year, they got to, uh, they didn't even make it to that LCA game, the region championship last year because they lost to Brookville. Brookville made it to that LCA championship game, losing to LCA. So I still think it's that top three. Those are the top three teams. I think it's going to be hard not to see those, those one of those three teams win this region. I'd at this point be surprised if it's not LCA winning it again. Um, but I think those are the contenders. And as much as I hate to say that when our team are two of the others, like I just don't see them being able to come and, and win the multiple games, multiple upsets that it would take for them to win this region.
0: Yeah. I, I don't think either of our teams are going to get an upset, let alone two. So yeah. But yeah, I
1: kind of, I, you know, initially I was like, okay, can they beat Brookville? Can Wilson beat Brookville? And It's a team, though, that their losses are to Liberty Christian, Heritage, and EC Glass. They played EC Glass really tight, 23-21. They beat Heritage, or, or they lost to Heritage really tight, 10-7. to And, I mean, their LCA game was a 40-point game, but everything else was really tight. So... I think those teams that they've lost to are teams that I really wouldn't put anybody in our area as like, oh yeah, they're going to beat them. I mean, and it's including Riverheads. I think they'd have a tough time with any of those teams that I just said. So, and, and seeing Wilson have their separation between Riverheads and then also losing a draft. I just, I, I don't see the route to victory for Wilson. Also, you know, I think Wilson probably their passing game kind of surprising some of our local teams was where they showed their, you know, they're surprised with Riverhead scoring more points than we expected by beating Stanton. I think it was a big part of their passing game, especially early scoring those two, two, two passing touchdowns, you know, they are not going to be surprising Brookville with their passing game. Brookville's used to play in teams that have are good with the pass and the run. So it's just going to be hard for them to surprise them. And, you know, you, you got to play the game. You got to get into the game to win the game to, to even have a chance, but it's, it's an uphill battle, especially going down there.
0: I agree. Um, looking at class two draft, uh, they lost to Riverheads. No surprise there. 35, 13. Um, they just couldn't stop Riverheads rushing. I mean, and they, their offense never got started 195 yards of offense. Only 77 of that passing missed field goals, missed extra point. Tough to win that way. Tough to beat Riverheads anyway. Really tough when you can't move the ball. And when you do, you don't convert with points. So, because of coach it, Floyd go ahead
1: Coach Floyd, before the game I think it was in the interview in the paper for uh with Cody Elliott he said you can't beat you you can't make mistakes you got to play kind of a perfect game or close to perfect game well, however he phrased it and, and they didn't do that and so like right there you, you lose the game because he didn't play perfect and you, you highlighted the only 77 yards of passing and this is a team that really had dumped their confidence into what Graber could do for him he was eight for 23 passing and and like so just to have that many incompletions to have 15 plays of zero yards, that's that's the difference in this ball game. I, re, I really think so. And, and credit to Riverhead's defense of causing that and putting the pressure on them, getting in the backfield and making them throw under pressure, having defenders. I mean, that was one thing we saw when Riverhead's played Wilson. There was a lot of times where Wilson's just catching the ball, and even though Riverhead's is quick to get there, they're still picking up six, seven yards easy, or, you know, they're on the sideline. It's good. That's not how draft had it going there. And so Riverhead's defense was there to knock down passes and 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 – it, you know, it was good for Riverheads, but I, I, they just didn't play the game it took for them to win that game. And especially when you're just coming away with empty trips, there's two missed field goals. The one right before halftime was a little bit of a backbreaker, but then the one after halftime, they opened up the second half with a huge kickoff return, right, in, you know, knocking on the door immediately. And then to come out of that with zero just took all the wind out of their sails. And I really think at that point, you know, even though they were losing at halftime by a couple scores, I thought, if they can come out in the second half, score quick, which they set themselves up to do, that could that could be the beginning of the comeback. And it took it, it took it out of the door right there.
0: Yeah. Um, Well, despite the loss, they end up the five seed in Class Two B. Got help from yeah. riders and everything. Everything else kind of went their way to get the riders five seed.
1: Their way for them and against them for Buckingham. So
0: they will get their most winnable opponent. Uh, in Clark County. They will have to go to Berryville, but that is of the teams from the bull run. That's who you choose to see versus central Larray or Strasburg. Um, So they'll have a shot at this one, Um, but still going to have to play much better than they did on Friday against Riverheads.
1: Yeah. And Clark County is a team they're familiar with. They played them last year in the playoff. They beat them 33 to seven a year ago. And, and I'll say this in a, in a dramatic way. I don't think Clark County is even as good as they were a year ago. Last year, they came into that game averaging 40 some points a game. And this year they're only averaging like 20. Uh, where's my number? 23 points a game. So their offense is not as potent as it was a year ago, but their defense is a touch better. I will say though, I don't stress drafts not as good as they were last year either. So I, I think this game's closer than 33 seven a year ago. I think draft can win this. I, this is a team we have been worried about throughout the season, what they were. They don't seem quite what they, what they've been, but I agree with you. This is one of the more winnable opponents that they could have gotten. I, I think a couple of weeks ago, I said they want to see Clark County or they want to see Buckingham. And, and so they get one of those. And it's not that hard of a trip up 81. I think it's better than going to Buckingham or something like that. So I I like this matchup for their sake of them having a chance to win. I was worried. I really thought if they didn't beat Riverheads, they'd be in them at seven spot and they'd be going to Central Woodstock, which would have been a real interesting story but instead they get Clark County and i i think they have a shot here problem with that is they win this game then they're playing Strasburg which i i really feel much worse about for them and i you know as much as they it was interesting in this game kind of going back to this game but how it projects forward they had really not used Deshay Smith down the stretch of the season here in the district play he he had 700 yards through like five games and then he's just, you know, had under hundred yards in the next four. It was just kind of a weird drop off for him. And I think it was a sophomore still learning what it takes, what it takes to play Stewart's draft offense. They expect a lot out there. I think you have to do more than just running past down the field. You got to block, you got to catch the ball coming out of the backfield. Well, he did that better this game. They used him. They really didn't use Troy Thompson in the backfield much. They used to Smith and he was a lightning bolt. He had that 60 yard touchdown early in the game and ran down the field and was kind of looked like a difference. And I was like, Oh, he's got fresh legs. Maybe, maybe that was their plan. But as the game wore on and he, he did catch a ball out of the backfield, you could see that. I think they were just kind of modifying their offensive attack still. And that's something that I have been critical on Stewart draft in years past where, you know, late in the season or even in the playoffs, it seems like they they are still playing with things. And you know, under center, and now they're in shotgun, and and just changing stuff around. I I'm interested to see what they come out in against Clark County. I know we won't be at this game, but I you know early whoever is at that game, I'm going to ask them. You know, are they in shotgun or under center or they you know who's in the backfield because. It's just going to be interesting to see where they have been. i and not saying that Deshae Smith can't work for him. I think they were much better this season when he was productive for them, but they went away from that for a reason. So I'm just going to be interested to see how they attack Clark County. And then defensively, I mean, this is a Clark County with a run first kind of quarterback. I mean, he wants to run the ball. He'll throw it. He's capable of throwing it, but he's kind of similar to Landon Graber and how many times he's throwing the ball this season. And, and how many times he's run the ball this season. They're, they're a very similar offensive attack with what they do at quarterback. And, uh, you know, will that familiarity help Stewart draft defense, or is it going to throw them off? Because, you know, I don't think we've seen a lot of Shenandoah district teams with that run first quarterback. I, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I, it seems like everybody – you know, they, they might, they can run it. You know, I know Bennett Dunlap will like to run the ball, but like he still is giving the ball to other guys to do it better than him. And so it'll be interesting to see, you know, that guy taking that snap quickly running through the line of scrimmage, trying to find a hole.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I think you're right. This is a game draft is capable of winning. I just don't know if they will. I, I just haven't liked what I've seen from sewers draft this year. I think they're too inconsistent, especially on the offensive side of the ball.
1: I It's, it's hard to argue with that. So, uh, We'll see what you got. I know um, at some point we kind of got to pick these things, and I think you already picked against the three C teams. Are you picking against draft? I, I mean, I know previously you've you dug yourself a hole of saying they weren't going to win a playoff game. Now that they got Clark County, what do you think is going to happen?
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I need to think about it. I if I had to do it today, I'd say draft by seven. But it's going to be a late it's going to be a late touchdown that wins it. They don't look good doing it. I think it is going to be a
1: tighter game. I don't think, you know, this is a, uh, you know, more than 14-point game. You know, if someone scores a second score late to pull away, okay. But I, I just don't think this is a 21-point game either direction. I think it's going to be a, a competitive game into the fourth and see what happens from there. The good thing about draft, there's been a couple games this year where going into the fourth it's been tight, and they've come away with victories. So uh, maybe that experience will help them.
0: Well, with the win, Riverheads, they get a bye. Yeah. Uh, they'll play the winner of Sussex Central. Franklin. Um, it's going to be
1: Sussex Central, just, just a spoiler alert. <laughs> doesn't
0: It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't,
1: um, yeah. Sussex Central beat Franklin 32-0 just a couple weeks ago. So it's it'll be Sussex Central here in two weeks coming to Greenville.
0: Right. So Riverheads is going to win Region 1B. The question is, are they going to see Buffalo Gap or <laughs> Central Lunenburg in that championship game? Uh, Gap kind of played with their food a little bit against Fort. Came away with a win, 31-22. But... That's not great. Yeah, I, I wasn't
1: impressed with the scores. I was here and it was Fort winning early, and then it took two second quarter touchdowns for Buffalo Gap to get the lead. Uh they were winning by eleven at halftime. They win the game by eleven. And so um you know, Buffalo Gap looked so good just a couple weeks ago against Stanton. I was so impressed with them. I'm starting to like, oh, okay, they're the they're the second best team in the region or or in the in the district. And then they just I, I didn't like what I saw against Wilson. I didn't like what I saw against Fort Defiance, even in the win. And so I want to see them look good this week. And this is a take care of business game. This is a William Campbell team that I, I just don't see how they can beat Buffalo gap. I don't think they have a strong enough defense to beat, to hold back the Buffalo gap attack. I don't think they have a strong enough offense to overpower gaps defense. So gap treat them that way is how I is where I get to on this. Like, you know, treat them like a three and seven team coming to Swope driving across the state to come to uh, come into Swope and and beat them bad. That, that's what needs to happen here. And that'll give me confidence of what I had been saying, where I thought Buffalo gap would go down to central Lunenburg, win that thing and play riverheads in the region final. But the way they played the last two weeks, my doubts have increased. And so I want to kind of a uh, take care of business, prove it to me game here. Give me confidence for them going into central Lunenburg the week after.
0: Yeah. Cause that's what it's going to come down to, right. Is, uh, Needing to play well. So when they play Central Lunenburg, they can find a way to beat Central Lunenburg and get back to a region championship uh, where they will lose Riverheads. <laughs> you like to pick that as
1: early as you can, don't you?
0: <laughs> I mean, am yeah. I, am I mean I wrong? you haven't been
1: rolling yet. You haven't been rolling for seven years. So <laughs> it's just.
0: <laughs> Uh, the other team that played was Waynesboro in the area. They did yeah. lose to Broadway. It ends a rough season for Waynesboro and a season what could have been. It just never came together for the Little Giants. Uh, and they're losing a lot too. So it does not give me a lot of hope for next year, but we'll worry about that when it comes. Uh,
1: I, I hope their schedule, I hope they can do something with the schedule through the district here to kind of not just have Waynesboro front loaded with district games. I think I think that might help them to not, you know, open up the season with Riverheads and Stewart's draft back to back and stuff like that. And, you know, it's not like those games are what I think they're going to win next year. I just think I think some of their like weirdness with their schedule, it it just might play into them being streaky. And last year it might have helped them being streaky when they went on a streak through the Valley District. But uh, this year it's just it just was tough. And I don't know. I'd like to see their schedule different. but. We're not, we don't know who they're going to be the next year. They have a lot of holes to fill. So they it'll do. be interesting to see what they got. But the other team, Fort Defiance, class three team that ends their season with their loss to Buffalo Gap, they bring back a lot on offense. And I think there's a lot to be positive there about the Indians. I think, you know, at quarter, you know what you have at quarterback, you know, you got receiver, you got um, some running backs in there. You know, I think defense, they'll have to kind of answer the, some calls, but they got a lot better on defense from a year ago, and I hope that can kind of continue. And they have enough pieces on defense. That I think they'll be led well, um, but they will have to fill in some holes. And so I, I think I'm optimistic at this moment about Fort Defiance, and I know I'll probably hold on to that next summer, come that way. This isn't, you know, what we were on Waynesboro this year. I'm not going to no. come into next season saying, oh, Fort Defiance is the second-best team in this district, but I think I will, you know – have the idea of them, you know, sneaking into a playoff spot or something kind of out there as, you know, if, if you improved as much as you did a year ago, the next, the next step in improvement is being a playoff team. I so, just... um, I want to see what their schedule is before I really buy into definitely saying that. And I have no idea who their non-district opponents are, but I, I have hope that they'll keep on improving. Cause I really like what they have at quarterback and I think he's a, he's a baller and, uh, it's just having those pieces around them step up as much as he did this season. is going to be key.
0: Yeah. I just need to see it. I, yeah. I, this is a team that has been five and five ceiling. That's, I don't know. I, I think with the talent they have, they should be better than that, but I need to see it. I, I'm not sure we're going to see them be better than that. Just because I, I just, mm-mm. something's not right there.
1: Yeah, so like out of these two teams, and I think we'll kind of do this as the other teams finish up their seasons. You know, how many wins they have? Can they do better than that? Waynesboro they had one win this season. Can they do better than that next season? I'm, I'm not optimistic. Not, yeah. Uh, Fort Defiance three wins. Can they do better than that? And I, I think, I, I think gotta, that's where you like start you. To I got
0: to see that schedule because yeah. man, I, I think they have the talent to do better. I, I'm looking at the teams and what other teams and what they're going to be graduating and thinking like yeah maybe that's a game they could pick off but then I'm like okay well but maybe not because they always for every game that's way closer than it should be for them in a positive way they have games where you're just like what is going on like the rockbridge game you cannot lose that game no it should have been a win
1: no they should have be rockbridge
0: and then they be they'd have been on the they'd have been on the
1: edge of the playoffs this coming week and then they'd be down, you know, they'd be leading Buffalo gap in the last week of the season. And they'd be thinking, the it would be a yeah. much different situation.
0: Yeah. I, and when you have draft, I'm... I mean, they had draft down in that game. They, they had, had they had Stanton down. Like those are games. You've got to win at a certain point. And look, I know next year it's another year. And yes, Stanton's graduating. I mean, Stanton's young in a lot of areas, but they're losing Walker Darby. That's a big loss. But do I think Fort might find a way to lose? It's not out of the realm of possibility. I don't like saying that, but I just I gotta see it. I haven't seen it. I've seen five wins and Fort's bumping their head against the ceiling of five wins. I've got to see them crack through that ceiling before I'm I'm a believer.
1: So I know we talk a lot about PowerPoints in the podcast because I'm the PowerPoint nerd, and I you know, probably might have seen me on other venues last week talk about PowerPoints. I just want to quickly review, uh, you know, this is self promotion right here uh, of what how my PowerPoint predictions went, and this is my crystal ball predictions. All my general ideas about PowerPoints, I was I was in there like there's you know nothing majorly wrong, but my crystal ball predictions that I gave a week ago, I said if Wilson won, they'd be the five seed playing at TA. Um, I was a bit wrong there. I thought riders for TA were going to help them better than they did. It, it did not. So TA stayed back a spot from where I thought they could get to, but also Wilson's riders didn't uh, quite help them enough. Now they did finish tied with TA uh, for that five spot. So I wasn't completely wrong about the five spot, uh, but they did lose the tiebreaker because it was with TA and uh, they go to the six spot. So I was a little bit wrong on my crystal ball there. I nailed the Stanton prediction. They did lose and they did finish seventh. At uh, Region 2B, uh, I said Stewart's draft, if they lose that game, they were going to be in the sixth spot. They're in the five spot, so they're just a tiny bit better. Uh, riders helped them. And then in Class 1, I nailed it all there because Riverhead's won and Buffalo Gap was already locked in the three, so nothing to brag about there. So next year, when you listen to my projections, I, I'm not terribly off here. My I'm always within a spot here, it looks like. And in past years, I remember that too. So uh, I don't know. I like doing those PowerPoints because it seems like everybody's – asking for that information wanting to know what's going to happen. And, and the projection, the crystal ball stuff's one thing, but I like at least having that in my hands to go on the radio with on Friday and have an idea of where these teams are going to go.
0: Yeah, and, um, you know, we'll see what happens, but...
1: <sighs> yeah, from here. I mean, okay, so what's what's going to happen? You, you you're have not optimistic maybe about three, advancing too far yeah, locally
0: here. Maybe three teams... I'm thinking possibly two teams left after this week. And then I think you've got one after that.
1: I have all the confidence. The world will have at least two teams going into the next weekend. Uh, Stuart Straff's that next one that I think I, I agree with you on class. Three. It's just, it's just tough on those matchups. It's, those are two good teams. I mean, you got heritage who beat EC glass who knocked off LCA. So I just don't, I don't think Stanton's touching uh, the, um, the heritage team. And I think Brookville's really strong too. So I, it's, I, I hate to say that for them, but that's what I, what I think. I think the whole key was playoff positioning and they, they didn't get what they needed to there. I think in class three, overall though, you know, we talk about, you know, Phoebus is the number one and they beat somebody 50 to, they dominated a game. Uh, was it Lake Taylor? They played and they just blew them all out of the water this weekend, um, but they're 10 and 0 and out of coming out of class one uh, in region B up there. I don't think, it, you know, you got Brentsville district. You got skyline. I I don't think region B is going to matter. C and D I think is where it's interesting. I, we already, I already said, I think Liberty Christian comes up, comes out of it. I think Lord Botatot's really strong, uh, down in D and, uh, their two seed is Magna Vista at seven, three. And then you have Christiansburg. I think Lord Botatot's coming out of that region. So I think my projection is Phoebus, who cares <laughs> LCA and Lord Botatot And it has set up a really interested LCA Lord Botatot game. Uh, um it's hard to go against Phoebus, right?
0: It is hard to go against Phoebus. Uh but LCA
1: recruits. I I'll just say LCA this year. I don't think Lord top knocks them off. And I and I think wow. LCA's recruiting will pay off one.
0: I do too. I think it's not fair that they're allowed to play in the VHSL when they're recruiting, but people that apparently get paid more than me to make that decision thought it was fair. So whatever. Cl-
1: Class two, uh, you know, on the broader scope here, you got Keen William. They were in the state championship a year ago. They're in region a at seven to three. They're not as strong, and they're still the one seed. Uh, you got uh, Thomas Jefferson's the number two, and Picosin the three. So, I, I, Keen William might still come out of there, but I think that could be a crazy region. I think a lot of stuff could happen there. Um, this reminds me a lot of games this week. This week's playoff games are playing on Thursday with the holiday on Friday. So, if you're Interested in high school football away from this area because all our all our local teams are playing on Friday. There's a lot happening on Thursday, so you can look into that. Uh, Region B, uh, Strasburg. I think we're you know I think it's Strasburg, Loray, Central Woodstock kind of area. All those teams played each other tight. Um, it just feels like Strasburg kind of year. It just they they kind of were under the radar early, and I like that for them. Their one loss was a forfeit to start the season, so they haven't lost on the field yet. So. I'll take Strasburg there, um, unless you got something different. I'm going to keep it moving.
0: No, don't.
1: Radford has been strong all year out of region C down there. Um, they got Martinsville, Glenver. Appomattox is the four seed down there. I think Appomattox, you know, experience of being there year after year is going to pay off for them in some way at the four seed, but I, I don't think that means they – knock off Radford. I just think it's going to be another tight Radford Appomattox game that we've seen so many times. I think Radford comes out of C down there.
0: I agree with you. I think maybe there's an outside shot at Martinsville, but it does kind of Man. seem like the Bobcats kind of have it together this year. And kind of like you were saying with class uh, three in region C and D, I think the winner of the C and D is going to coast. Cause I think there's a strong possibility that Strasburg wins a state semifinal matchup, but I just don't think Strasburg's going to be able to beat Graham, who I like in Region yeah. D, or Radford. That's who I like
1: in D too. I like Graham overall.
0: Yeah, I do too. And but I, I think, think even if Radford were to beat Graham, I don't think Strasburg could beat Radford. So,
1: yeah. So there you go. And then down to Class One, um, we'll talk about four, five, six, maybe a little bit next week. We have a little more time, but down to Class One, this will be the last you know full classification we break down, Joe. Is, is anybody touch Riverheads? No. Does anybody get with twenty one point Riverheads?
0: It's over. Pack it up. We're going home.
1: The you know the gladiator in me does you know calm the conversation down a little bit and says this and that. But you look at Essex. Yeah, they're as strong as I think they've ever been in the recent stretch. I, you know, they won. They went to a couple state championship games against Alta Vista before this Riverheads run, and they were good then. But since then, you know, they've been pretty good, and they keep seeing Riverheads in state semifinals, and maybe. Maybe they're as strong as they've been in those, but I don't think they're stronger. And I think Riverheads, even on that trip down to Essex where they played at Middlesex High School and Riverheads only won by a little bit down there. I I still think Riverheads gets it done just because of it's being Riverheads and the experience that they have there. And, you know, those kids on that team have only lost one game, um, you know, in their high school career. So I think that's going to benefit them. Uh, but coming out of C and D you have Galax as the one seed they're playing bath County. And the number one, I like that bath made a playoff game there with uh, coach Phillips back there. But George with was talked a lot about down there narrows and Grayson County. Um, Grayson County is kind of my like closet. I'm, I'm rooting for them team uh, at eight and two in the four seed. Um, I I don't have any confidence in Galax is my problem though, but I don't have another team that I would put in front of them. So I think it's a big question mark coming out of C. I guess I'm taking Galax with the, with the asterisks that I want Grayson County to come out of there. Uh, And then region D I think this is another one of those who cares regions when you're one seat, seven and three um, Patrick Henry and number two seats, seven and two twin Springs. I don't think any of those teams are touching Riverheads either. So I agree with you. I think Riverheads has won this is going to win this classification. I think their biggest struggle, our biggest potential for struggle, would be in the state semifinal and not the state final. I think, as we've said other years previous, but yeah, I I agree. It's Riverheads.
0: Yeah, and and here's the thing. I think Essex is really good, but it seems like every year something wild happens up there in Region A. So would I be shocked if Essex stumbles against a King and Queen or Northumberland? No. So even West. I wouldn't be shocked if West Point oh, beat I them. Be I think hey, West Point it. folks, I would be shocked if you beat them.
1: I don't know. That region's so crazy. I think you're probably right. You're probably right. I think I shouldn't have said that out loud. I It's just like it's so many crazy things happens in that region year after year. Um, I know when they were out when uh, in the spring of 2021 season and Essex didn't play late. That's when we got West Point uh, deep. So that's probably what carried in my head there. But there's been so many years there where like the top four seeds aren't winning games in the in the playoffs. So We'll see what happens, but
0: King and Queen, maybe. yeah, I don't know. Doesn't matter. They're going to need the whole. I mean, Essex has
1: not been tested yet this season.
0: so King and Queen could have the whole court with them and they're not beating Riverhead, so it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not not arguing. So like I said, maybe we'll talk about four, five, and six a little bit next week, but let's get moving on from the high school football. Again, make sure you know uh, if you're looking out for some of those other games around the state, which day they're actually playing this weekend, But high school volleyball, we're down to one team, and that's not uh, not a shocker. We, we pretty much predicted that last week. Um, Fort Defiance, they swept through the region, which is so impressive. That is a hard region. Region 3C is tough as can be, and I think a lot of years, whoever's coming out of 3C is a state favorite or at least a, has a strong state contention. They just swept through that region. They swept Wilson. They swept Fluvanna. They swept Rustburg. So now they will host a state game on Saturday. Don't know who that is yet uh, per the documents that I can find. I know some of these regions are wrapping up here early this week, so we'll find out. I'm sure on uh, Twitter I will um, retweet whatever that matchup is going to be. But Fort Defiance playing at home in volleyball, I'm going to pick them. I don't care who's coming from Region A. I think that uh, the number two team from Region A that they'll host, I think Fort Defiance will be better than them. So that's my prediction there. Congratulations to the ladies. They continue to roll. Um, I think they're 25 and one now. I'm not sure where I know they were 22 and one coming out of the regular season. Um, if they are able to win Saturday, the next game would be next Tuesday. And then the next game after that would be uh, the state final on Saturday, the 19th. So if you're blocking off your calendar, and I was really impressed. I mean, they had a lot of they had so many players on the all district team, which is predictable. But even on the all region team. Well represented, and I I just got to call out because I know her is is uh, Macy Ann Frizzell. She is a freshman and she made first team all district, first team all region as a freshman. And I'm just really impressed, Uh, and I know her, so it's uh, you know me being a homer here. Uh, But as a freshman to be first team all region, very impressive. So I'm I'm very excited about what her career will be, Um, and especially with Fort Defiance. I mean, I think they're going to make a run this year at a state championship in class three they're coming down to class two next year. And uh, I know they're going to lose a lot of these players that they have this year. They do have a lot of uh, good seniors. Maybe next year's not the year they're going to win class two. I really think they're going to win a state championship in the next three years in class two, because that's just a great program that has continued to, you know, hold on steady with Pitson as coach taking over for Sue Leonard. I just, I, I really think a lot of that program and I, I predict good things, for them in the next couple of
0: years. Yeah, I think they're going to make a deep run in class three this year. And like you said, I mean, dropping down in classification next year, I know they lose a lot, but it just seems like they reload and don't rebuild there at Fort Volleyball. So right. I would imagine class two is going to be even easier because you get out of that. I think, of region, 3C, I think getting out of the region, I, I wouldn't yeah, really I mean, knock a 3C game. Is I think it's a gauntlet.
1: States, there, is some, there is some strong class two state level teams that. Yeah, know, but 2B is not 3C. Like and but,
0: if you get there, then you can maybe. You know, get it there and do it. Yeah.
1: Yep. So I, I'm not, I'm not the, you know, unlike you right now, I think you would say, hey, they're going to win states next year. If, you know. I'm not saying the that yet. They, I'm, I'm not, not saying in the next that Three yet. years, they'll, they'll, they'll be there. Yes. Uh, Stewart's draft, they lost in a sweep in their uh, region opener. So they were done. East Rock and Larray play for that region two B uh, championship on Tuesday night. So, uh, you know, that's, that's the reminder right there. Do I think Fort Defiance is better than East Rock or Luray? Yep. Yes. So that's why I think they'll get out of that region next year. Uh, Riverheads, that was the team. They've made it to four straight state championships. Their season ends earlier than usual, as they did win their first playoff game. But and, and we kind of predicted this a week ago, that Rappahannock County team was not going to be scared of Riverheads. They weren't. They hosted them. They won that one 3-1, knock Riverheads out. Uh that also knocked Buffalo Gap out in their first game against Central Lunenburg, three to one. That set up a Rappahannock County Alta Vista uh, Region 1B Championship. That'll be played Monday night. Uh, but like I said, only one local volleyball team left standing here this week. And I think I think next week we'll be talking about it again.
0: I do too. But competition cheer, we have a state champion. Yeah, we do. Stewart's Draft by a mile. Um, dominating. Great performance by Stewart's Draft. Not really a surprise. We kind of expected them to have a, a good tournament. Uh, or a good competition there at the Siegel Center for States. And they did. They did fantastic, which was great. Uh, Wilson had a good showing. They finished fourth just off the podium there. Fort finished seventh. That tells you how tight these three teams in our area were because it was Fort Draft Wilson in the Shenandoah District. And then Wilson won the region, beating Fort. They both go to the States. And then Wilson, again, finishes ahead of Fort in that Class 3 tournament competition. Brentsville just better than the rest of the squads there and Brentsville won yeah. the class 3 championship. But hats off to Stewart's draft because that's kind of a a dynasty there in competition It cheer. Absolutely is. They're racking up yeah. the state Five championship six after 6
1: years or something. Yeah, yeah, state
0: championship after state championship. It's really impressive what the Cougars have been able to do there.
1: Yeah, and that's uh coach um Oh man, I'm going to blank her because I know her from elementary school. I went to elementary school with coach uh, Tammy um and I'm blanking cuz I know her maiden name. Uh, oh, I'm embarrassed that I messed that up, but she she's done a great job leading that program and uh, every bit of dynasty that we have in this area. We just talked about Fort Defiance volleyball. We talked about Riverheads football, you know, Stuart draft volleyball or uh, Stuart draft cheerleading talked in that same breath. It's just dominant yeah. at the state level, doing a great job uh, locally and at the state level. So uh, congratulations to them. And uh, they'll I you know, I they'll be back at it next year. I, I have no doubt in my mind that they'll be right in that same mix next year. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, we've gotten through all the high school talk here, but I do want to go back. I talked about having Ben Cates on to talk about high school football and those teams from the Lynchburg area. So let's do that right now. So I've been alluding to it all podcasts, and we've told you a lot about our local teams and what we think is going to happen, but we need to learn a little bit more about these teams. Our local teams are playing. So we do have Ben Cates coming on. I think it's the third time, Ben, that you've come on with us. And we've we've always talked Appomattox football with you, but we're excited to talk about a couple different teams with you.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me today.
1: So I wanted to talk to you just about these 3C teams and also William Campbell. So let's just jump right into it with heritage. Coach Brad Bradley has them, you know, always strong, and they have a lot of talent on that side. And our Stanton team is going to go down there. What do the storm have uh, ahead of themselves with this Heritage Pioneer football
2: team? Yeah, you know um, Heritage, uh, as as is usually the case um, in the Seminole District, I know that uh, people like to really pump up their districts as being the best. Um, so I'm not I'm not going to say that the Seminole is like the best district uh, in the state because it isn't. You'll we'll say that, but for it you. is <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, but it, but it is um, the kind of district where. Um, not necessarily from top to bottom, but within the first five of the eight teams in the district, you really get um, really good competition throughout the year. And so that really prepares these guys, especially if they have a difficult non-district schedule as well as Heritage did um, for the playoffs. And um, Heritage has, is once again kind of a team that um, has, has gleaned a lot from its regular season schedule. And it has coasted through some of those games, but it has also been in a, in a few dogfights um, this Heritage team is a little bit different than some in the past. A lot of times Heritage will have really one or two standout athletes, uh, maybe one that's a, a division one caliber kind of guy or two. Um, this team is not necessarily like that. Um, it has to really work and fight for everything that it gets. It, 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 it Cliché maybe to say that it has a blue collar approach to everything, but I think that, that um, that's it's really one thing that defines this team is like, the will to uh, to win games, to go out there and be really disciplined. Um, and Brad Bradley has got this team really focused, um, on especially being a team that that is has a lot of has had a lot of inexperience, um, and that really has to fight for a lot of what it has. It's the the team seems to be really focused right now. So, so
1: talk about some of the, some of the individuals that do have, I know you said they, they don't aren't relying as much on those just special players, but I know they're, they're good at quarterback. They're good at receiver. Let's talk about some of those guys.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, Hove Bateman is a, um, a senior who is a quarterback who, um, has been, um, in kind of behind a lot of guys, his whole career and finally got the chance to start, um, this year in that, in that role and um, he, has, he has really, I think he leads the Lynchburg area, the greater area in uh, passing yards. Um, I know last week going into that game, he had over 1,500 um, and 13 touchdowns. Um, he's completed roughly about 60, 62% of his passes on the year. Um, he has really given them a shot in the arm as far as a guy who can throw it uh, and who can run as well. I think he's uh, had over, um, you know, Gosh, I don't know seven eight hundred um, rushing yards this year. Um, so really, giving them a, a, a dual threat option out there, um, and then they have a, a really good um, running back in Rayjon Booker, um, who um, has come along and was was part of a, um, uh, a senior running back core that has kind of he's taken over a lot of responsibilities because of some injuries, and um, he's probably got six seven hundred rushing yards as well. Um, so. Um, really good in those, in, in those two positions. Um, there's a lot of versatility, um, with some big guys who can go out and and make some catches as well at like tight end and stuff like that. The thing that I think really has worked in Heritage's favor that I've seen from them this, this year is their defense has pretty much been locked down. Yeah. Um, in a lot of big games, they, uh, beat EC glass held EC glass to, to a score. Um, and, uh, really, um, a really strong LCA team, uh, that is number one in three C, um, came out and, and lost that game. But I think it was a 14 to six game and, and, or seven game. And, uh, heritage was in the driver's seat the entire first half, which really was really surprising at the time. Um, and so good game plans going in. Um, and if they stay disciplined, uh, I think that heritage has the potential for a, uh, long, um, long running in, in in this playoff system for sure.
1: Yeah, and the defense was the, was the second thing I was going to bring up. I mean, they had three shutouts on the season, like you said, against E.C. Glass, shutting them out, so impressive. But also Brookville limiting them to seven points. So even in their tougher games, it, yeah, when you see shutouts against Jefferson Forest and, Je- and Liberty Bedford, they're, they're kind of supposed to do that. But even against the big teams, holding them to minimal points, I, I think that stands out, especially for the Stanton team that you know likes to use their speed and get to the edge. And, you know, Heritage isn't going to care about that. They're just going to – they're likely going to shut that down.
2: They, they have the potential to. Um, it, but, you know, it's high school football, and I think the, the yes. one thing that I always come back to is, is whether or not, you know, you catch – the kids are caught by surprise by some of that um, and whether or not they can counter. You know, a lot of times I think it's like the first couple series uh, teams will come out and really confuse you, <clears throat> and then you have to figure it out. Um, And figure out what they're doing and and whether or not you're able to make those adjustments make the difference for sure.
0: So talking about Brookville now, because that's who Wilson Memorial will be playing. Brookville is another team that two of their three losses, very tight. And coach Joe Meeks has the bees kind of buzzing at the right time to take on the green Hornets from Wilson Memorial.
2: Yeah, you know, it is. um, It's been a really good season for Brookville. It has been challenging at times. Um, they've had, uh, within district play, I will say, I I don't know that their non-district schedule, uh, really did them a ton of favors, but inside the district, they've, they've really weathered a lot of storms. The thing for Brookville is that they've, they're healthy this year, the past two or three seasons going into the playoffs, that has not been the case. Um, and so, um, Staying healthy offensively has meant a lot because a lot of these guys go both ways for Brookville, um, but there is a, uh, a three-headed monster in their running game. Brookville has historically had a really strong passing game and has not really been known the past few the past 12, 15 years for its, for its rushing abilities, um, but that has changed the past couple of years, and I think we're really starting to see um, how much they rely on it now. Um, there are three guys in there, quarterback Drake McDaniel um, uh, and two running backs, Jordan Whitelaw, and um, and then your fullback is uh, Michael Vier. And all of those guys have rushed for well over 800 yards on the season and really taken on the bulk of offensive responsibilities. Um, Brookville also is a strong defensive team, has always prided itself on its defense under coach John Meeks. Um, and um, the thing this year though is to avoid those lapses that that they may see though they're they're going to get punched and it defensively uh, and it just is a matter of whether or not they're going to be able to withstand some long drives the good thing about the offense for Brookville um, which opposing teams really have to take under consideration is that the offense is very patient and it is known this year for going on really long drives um, I've seen them go on eight, nine minute drives this year and really just suck the life out of the defense. Uh, they did that against Amherst earlier this season, or I'm sorry, uh, three or four weeks ago um, at Amherst. And it was the first series of the game, went on an almost nine minute drive. Yeah. Just the, the defense was just worn out, and the offense hadn't even got on the field yet. And you could just see on the Amherst sideline, the offense is just saying, When can we get in the game? and by the time you get in the game, you're already down by seven points, and it just and you go into a three and out, your defense is tired. It's got to get back out there again. Brookville's been very effective at that this year.
0: And, you know, you mentioned that, and you mentioned they're a run-heavy team. It's been one of Wilson's weaknesses has been run defense. Now, sometimes they come yeah. out and look great, like they did against Buffalo Gap, who's a team that relies on the run, but when they play Riverheads, who has the ability to make a lot of people not look very good at defense, they get gashed. They've been gashed other times this year on the ground attack. So obviously that's going to be a concern as they play Brookville. And uh, you mentioned their ability to have long sustained drives. It's something that Wilson's defense can't really afford because those players go both ways.
2: Um, yeah, you know, um, I think that like when I say patient, um, Brookville has been has taken on that identity of, of that rushing game. Drake McDaniel quarterback can throw it as well. He just hasn't been as effective this year as he has been throughout his career. He's been playing quarterback since he was a freshman um, and was really racking up the yards early in his career. And he's really settled into that role now uh, of of being that guy who I'm not going to necessarily be a, be a, be a thrower. That's a difficult role for someone who is known for his arm to do. Um, And so he is really, it all, it all starts with him at quarterback and what he's able to do. He's, he's really shifty um, athletic and just kind of, just kind of silky runs through everybody, you know. Um, whereas those other two guys just take it right to you. Um, so yeah, it, it it will be a challenge, I think. Um, and it just depends on whether or not you're able to to weather those storms again.
1: So let's look at William Campbell. That is a team coming on the road from your area. So we, you know, would think the Bison are favored in this game. Bison come in with a six and four record, taking on William Campbell coming in with a three and seven record. So. You know, I, I think Buffalo Gap tested this year should be able to um, play William Campbell well, but, you know, what does William, if William Campbell's going to come and surprise the Bison, you know, what are some of the ways, what are their strengths in their game that they're going to do that with?
2: You know, um, it's been an interesting year for William Campbell. I know um, it. there's a lot, a, a lot of youth in that program. Um, the generals are known for having um, really outstanding athletes, uh, as you guys know, um, yep. his, historically. Um, and it seems like they always have three or four really good skill guys. Um, the challenge the past couple of years has been at those other positions, just not being as strong as, as they have been in, in other years. Um, and so it, I, I've actually only seen them play one game, and that was against Gretna, Um, which is a big rivalry game. So I don't know how much good that really does you as far as what they do from day to day because William Campbell-Gretton has a huge rivalry. Both of those teams really get up for each other. And um, it was an amazing game once again this year. But um, William Campbell has also struggled a lot. Um, They are able to put up points in bunches, but they give up a lot too. Um, And so, you know, I think William Campbell just wants to be that team that, is going to come out on top in a slugfest. Um, they do have talent at uh, at quarterback. Um, Tay Thompson is a freshman who has thrown for almost 600 yards um, on the year. Um, I think he's completed 113 out of 180 uh, pass attempts, something like that. But he's also throwing nine interceptions. And so, um, you know, you've got to in, – in a pass-heavy uh, – um, offense like William Campbell's, if, if you've got guys out there who are just looking to pick it off, it's available. Um, there, are, There's a ton of talent at receiver, but i say once again, um, those lines are, are, are vulnerable for William Campbell um, and the defense um, is as well. So um, the trick for William Campbell will be to just keep their heads up and try to play, try to be disciplined and play within themselves um, if they get down. And, um, and then, you know, hopefully stay in the game. A lot of times in high school, as you guys know, once you get punched, uh, once or twice, and you put if you put your head down, you know, it might as well be over. Um, So withstanding the punches that, that that are being thrown at you will be a huge thing for William Campbell, for sure.
1: Taking a quick step back and just some other teams in your area. And like I said, we're used to talking about Appomattox. They're a four seed uh, in region two, uh, see there, you know, is, is there a, a light there that they might make a run coming from that four seed or are they just, you know, a step behind what we're used to seeing them?
2: You know, um, it's been interesting at Appomattox. We, yeah, we, we're used to that strong Appomattox team for the most part the past six, seven years. Um, this team's a little different. There's a lot of youth in the lineup. Um, there's been, there have been some injuries um, and the past few weeks, there's been a lot of sickness running around like terrible flu bugs running around the school. And so they haven't been really full strength the past three or four weeks. Um, and, and so, you know, you, you, you hope that you start to get those guys back um, and there's some really good skill guys in there as well. Um, but I don't know that we, that Appomattox and a lot of people from my area would probably uh, be upset to hear this. But I don't know that that Appomattox has has the potential to go all the way again this year. Um, there's just too much really good, really, too many really good football teams um, in in um, Class Two. Yeah. I think for them to make that run. But um, but they have also been very valiant in in pushing through a lot of injuries and that sickness um, in in the last few weeks um so i know doug smith will have his team ready to play in the playoffs this is a team a program that has a, just a ton of playoff experience that yeah. you can draw on and um and so we'll see what the future holds for them but never count them out i just don't know that um it's in the cards for a super long playoff run this year
1: so last time you were on with us we talked a little bit about what you uh, pay attention to outside of your you know local sports coverage you, you mentioned the Braves, and uh, your Braves won a World Series. It's the last time we talked.
2: They did, they did last. Um, it's it's difficult to look back on it now, knowing that you know you're not the defending champs anymore. Um, but but they did, yeah. They focus they, on they the they positive, yeah. It. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you got to be happy for it whenever it happens because it doesn't come around often. Um, and so, yeah, that that was just magical for me. Um, and I know it is for, as I know it is for you guys when your teams win it all. Um, Yeah, it was super fun, and I I really thoroughly enjoyed that.
0: I don't know what that's like, so.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm a Pirates fan, so. uh, Oh, gosh. (laughs) I'm an Orioles fan.
0: I'm hoping we get one soon, but um, you also are a big fan of Game of Thrones, so have you watched House of the Dragon?
2: I haven't finished it. I was was actually, um, took a long break from it, and then um, watched watched maybe like four episodes and then just started back on it last night again and watched a couple. So, um, no, I haven't finished it yet, but, um, it's pretty good. I like it.
0: Okay.
1: Well, Ben, we appreciate you, uh, willing to jump on with us. Uh, just, you know, whenever we call you, basically <laughs> we, we only uh, call you in November. It seems like, uh, well, actually uh, the one spring, uh, we called you in April because that was weird, but, uh, yeah. we appreciate talking in the postseason uh, and, and appreciate your insight on all these other teams and, uh, I think you're going to have some more, uh, some a deep run here with a lot of these teams and it's including LCA over there in uh, 3C. So, uh, good luck with all your coverage and uh, maybe we'll catch up with you in the postseason uh, down the line again sometime.
2: Absolutely, guys. It's been a pleasure. And um, you guys, good, good luck to you guys going forward and to your teams as well. Thank you.
0: As we look. College. (sighs) Uh, Virginia Tech, two weeks in a row, fourth quarters, get away from you. That's not good. That's that is concerning. It's to have the lead going into the fourth quarter and lose it the way you did two times in a row. Multi-score leads in the fourth quarter. That's that's not giving me confidence. I'm not saying pull the plug or anything drastic like that, but that's got to change soon.
1: Yeah, I'm going to be the last one to that bus because I I want to like Pry and he I feel like he did build up some good feeling for me in the off and and he said all the right things and seemed to make the right moves. But yeah, you know when you when you get when you lose a fourth quarter lead to an NC State team who's ranked and and then won this week even without their quarterback. Okay, you start to make a justification for that, but you're playing a Georgia Tech team with a lead. You know, you've done what it takes to win that ball game. You need to continue what it takes. And and they didn't. I, I do agree that that brings up a lot of concern because I'm not going to blame Fuente for lo- having a lead and losing it, at, you know, 12 months after he was fired. Like, you can't do that. It's the structure of the team. And when they're not even in ball games, that's when I'm looking at Fuente. But, mm-hmm. you know, game management to lose that. I, I think it's important he gets to the defense where he needs to do this off season. So he can focus on being a head coach, make those timeout decisions, have the, uh, you know, manage the whole situation instead of calling the defensive plays and trying to manage all that. I think that's important for him to get closer to that in the off season, if not all, right, all the way there and get somebody he's comfortable calling defensive plays with there. Um, but I, uh, I don't know They're I like seeing some people thought it was a negative that these freshmen are making big plays. I like it because it showed some talent level and I and at a young level. So if those guys as freshmen are going to improve, I'm excited about that. I love the kickoff return. I know that's just one play, but we also had defensive backs playing as true freshmen and stuff like that. So I'm I'm I take our freshman success as a positive. Some people take it as the negative of well, when freshmen are making your biggest plays, that's a terrible sign. But we aren't good. We know we aren't. I was going to say, Friday couldn't
0: bring talent in. I don't care about that. I will say, it, it's not going to be just recruiting. You got to hit the portal hard because I don't think there's a lot of yeah. talent on this roster. So you got to hit the talent. You got to hit the portal and the recruiting trail hard. And this needs to be a fairly different roster next year.
1: And we hit it hard last year, particularly at quarterback. quarterback. No. I don't
0: think your quarterback is on the roster.
1: That's exactly what I was going to say. I, I want. I want a quarterback addressed where it's a competition for next year. Cause Grant Wells hasn't been good enough for me to just let's ride them all off season. I would like to, you know, have a competition, but then establish, I don't want to go into, you know, September still wondering who the quarterback is. It'd be nice some, some point in August to establish that, but I do, I would like there to be a competition. I don't want it just to be handed the reins uh, to Wells in the off season and say, it's yours. Uh, because I, I think he could use some competition to have to beat somebody. Um, we play Riverhead or Riverhead's <laughs> Duke. Uh, we play Duke. Virginia Tech plays Duke this week. Noon, all our games. Everything's going to be at noon. If they could play them at 10 a.m., they would. Uh, noon, this weekend, another Masson game. Um Same thing for UVA. That's why I know the Tech-UVA game will be at noon. Is because they both keep getting noon games. UVA, they play next week against Pitt, but you were at the game this week against UNC.
0: Yeah, um, I get it, Jeff. I get it. Um, And other UVA fans that are upset, I get it. There were a couple times in the game where timeouts are called with the punt unit on the field. Timeouts called just to send the punt unit back out. I don't know what that's about. UNC didn't rush a punt the entire game. Um, It was just odd. I saw the first ever... uh, noise meter that did not go up. It stayed flatline the entire time. I got a big kick out of it. Um, I didn't even know that they, like,
1: I just thought that was a prepackaged
0: oh, yeah. graphic
1: where it's going to, like, well, it usually bounce is. up, bounce up, and then it maxes out. And, yeah. like, so it's cool that they actually have the technology there to uh, to have a crowd meter. I loved it's it. Just- I loved yeah. it. And it's it the
0: first tall. time I've ever seen one pop up, and the, the, I mean, it was gray. There was no... <laughs> No noise on the noise meter, which I laughed out loud. That was funny. Um, and then they show a smile cam and no one is smiling because it was at a point in the game where it was UVA is, you know, throwing in the towel. Uh, they, they were in this game, though. They did end up getting another touchdown and then UNC just got first downs and bled out the clock. But honestly, like this is a this is. That was a game where I, I thought UVA kind of went away from the run at odd times. I was like, the only thing slowing you down is when Armstrong throws an incomplete pass. Why are you, why are you just not running it down UNC's throat? They don't seem capable of stopping it. Um, but they elected not to do that. Uh, and then they lost. Um, UVA is not very good. They're going to play Pitt. They're going to lose to Pitt. We're going to play Duke. We're going to lose to Duke. Uh, <laughs> and then eventually... We have a team... Liberty
1: game to lose to as well, yeah.
0: Yeah, and they have a Coastal game to lose. Um, but... <laughs> Eventually these two teams will play each other and one of them has to win by rule. So, uh, and then at the end, uh, both teams uh, leave and probably are kicked off campus never to return again. (laughs) Well,
1: I'm okay. If UVA retains all their players, I'm fine with that. Um, I do, I will say, you know, I, I, at least with Duke, I have hope of being in, in the fourth quarter again, I, we're not going to win because we don't win games, but like, I don't think Duke's so good that we can't be in it in the ballgame. Liberty, I don't think – I think we're going to get blown out.
0: Oh, them. we're going to get so, blown out. Yeah, that's going to be bad.
1: Yeah. So, that, that's what we got ahead of us. Uh,
0: JMU, the uh, other I think, instinct. I think
1: it was Barber, who a week ago – Oh, about, yeah. But, sorry, we, we we had a digital skip there. But, we have uh, the last thing I want to say about them is Barber, he had a great tweet a week ago that I didn't mention when it was UVA and Miami going into overtime, and he said he'd rather have – food poisoning than more of that football game. I wanted to call that tweet out because I thought it was one of the better tweets I've ever seen. But also, Barbara, this week, he had put out a tweet that the last time Virginia Tech and UVA finished with losing records was like 1978, I think it was, is what he had. a long time ago.
0: Before um, he was born. 40-plus
1: like 40, 40 years ago. So uh, it'll be inter- – I mean, I, we're headed there again. It's not – will be interesting. It's, it's about to happen.
0: He's going to want food so poisoning So this again.
1: week, it'll probably get locked in place.
0: Yeah, he'll, he's going to yes. want food poisoning I'm going again. to
1: the game, man. I'm going. You're going to want to hear it from you too. You just went to a UVA UNC game. I don't want to hear it from you. I'm going to, a, at least I love Virginia Tech. At least some, at I least like one, one
0: of the teams, the teams is good that I went no, to. No, but you don't you're like watching two bad
1: teams. I'm going to the school I love with people I love to watch something. That's terrible.
0: fine. That's not, <laughs> you're not going to love that. You are. You're going to leave that game and you're going to be like, wow, I don't even know if I like football anymore. <laughs> I
1: said that I said that this week I'm watching it on TV.
0: <laughs> but JM used the other N-State team they got creamed by Louisville. Uh yeah. look, my thoughts on that game are if Centeno is healthy, you got to throw the ball earlier. They I mean, started to throw the ball a little bit in the second half it just didn't work. Um so if he's not healthy, then don't play him. Yeah. I, I don't get it. You're not going to win that game regardless. Don't make it worse. You have other games on the schedule. Don't make it worse. Um, I just thought that was odd. Uh, and then Kurt Signetti and Kurt Signetti fashion loses a press conference after the game by saying, you know, this is the depth problem that transitioning programs have. You know, we're still working on this and we don't, you know, we're, this is the problem. We have all these injuries and we don't have depth. And this is what happens when you play good teams and you don't have depth. I'm like, man, for a team that's applying for a waiver next year, this is like all the things you should not say out loud. And, like he yeah. earlier this I year, is, he's wanting a, uh, waivers, He's talking yeah, about waivers yeah. to get in the playoff. Well, thank God you don't have to worry about that now. But forget that uh, next year, the NCAA is going to look at your waiver application, look at his quotes, and be like, uh, "No." And copy paste. Like, yeah. they We're don't protecting you from yourself. Yeah, this is your coach telling us this. Just be smarter. Yeah, I, if you want the waiver, be smarter. For a guy, is- for a guy who has pretty good decision making and X's and O's at times, man, he does not have intelligence when it comes to a press conference. Every time the guy opens his mouth at a press conference, I, I cringe.
1: The rhetoric sure has changed around that team. Um, And it's, it's
0: not bad. Like it's, and I know, I know a hobby writer said, if Centeno was healthy, Jamie would be undefeated one. No, they wouldn't. They lost to Georgia Southern when he was pretty healthy. That game did not go well. Um, They're not beating Louisville if he's healthy either. So maybe Marshall, you do. I don't know. Also, who cares? Like, it if Texas was healthy, they'd be undefeated. I, so many different teams can do that. It's just such a stupid thing to say.
1: This this reminds me of what Stanton did this year, starting out 7-0, and and now, like, it, it feels so much more negative than it is just because of losing three straight, and, and it doesn't look good for the fourth one. That's what JMU's done. They started out so hot and so great that everybody's expectations got rose so high, and now you came back down to earth, and they're kind of playing where you should be maybe even a touch your record might be even better than it should be first year in FBS but it just has such a negative look because of, of it starting undefeated so and I um
0: you know there was another it, thing and I sent uh, you like perspective you look at the records of teams JMU has beaten versus the teams they've lost to like the teams they've lost to have winning records App State's the only team with a winning record they've beaten I think so I don't know maybe read into that a little bit and I, I'm already seeing people, like, try to spin then, like, well, if he gets healthy, like, you know, maybe we'll be able to win, win these games, win these games. Coastal, Coastal should be a good game. No, it won't. Coastal's a lot better than us. Coastal has depth. They've been at the FBS level for a few years. I don't think that. I think even if Centeo's healthy, I, I don't know, man. I just think Jamie fans, like, we beat up on some bad teams. That's fine. That's college football you've lost to some good teams. That's also college football. You're not 100% healthy. I think at this point to think you're going to be 100% healthy toward the end of the year is a fool's errand. If you win some more games down the stretch. I'm not saying they're going to lose out. I don't I don't think they're going to lose out. But whatever games you do win down the stretch, appreciate. Like that them.
1: Georgia State is the other game?
0: Yeah, appreciate them. But this is this is going to be tough. This is going to be a tough game.
1: All right, the other college football action, it was another great Saturday. It set up to be another great Saturday, and it, it paid off. Um, the, you know, the Tennessee-Georgia game wasn't what we wanted it to be. You know, we wanted that story to continue yeah. with, with Hooker just, you know, locking in the Heisman. Um, he got rushed a lot. It, I don't think he completely lost the Heisman by any, any means. I think a lot of his um, bumps came from other things around him, and he was putting the ball on people. Uh, so I think he's still in the mix. But, yeah, it's 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 anybody's Heisman right now. Uh, Georgia won that game. Georgia is the number one team in the nation. Um, but we got Alabama getting knocked off. We got Clemson getting knocked off. We had other fun stuff. What stuck out to you from Saturday's action?
0: Um, it, it's the Bama-Clemson game and then also Texas beating K-State. Because that kind of puts Texas, interestingly, kind of in the mix again. Um, but with the Georgia win, I think there's no doubt. They're going to be number one. Now the good news for Tennessee with Bama losing with Clemson losing USC barely skated. Um, I think their path to the playoff. I said this before the game that I thought the loser of this game still had a really good shot at making the playoff. As long as Bama didn't win the sec championship. Well, now Bama's not going to be in the sec championship unless Louisville or LSU, excuse me. Uh, falls flat on their face. Uh, so as long as Georgia doesn't lose the SEC championship, I think Tennessee's still going to make the playoff. Uh, yeah. But TCU with the win, it gets real hard to see TCU not being in the top four now. Yeah. They were in, they were in my top four. Yeah, they were in my top yeah. four. Uh, they didn't make the college football playoff committee's top four because their name is TCU. Um, but it's it's going to get harder to leave them out with Clemson yeah, I mean, it, and some of the teams they thought were good losing. Yeah,
1: I do think, I mean, the Michigan and Ohio still, state still plays each other in front of them. I don't, I don't think we're going to have a situation. Where we have two SEC teams and two big 10 teams. Uh, so I, I think TCU is going to end up in there. You know, they have to win out to do that, but I think they will Looking at their schedule. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Georgia's number one and they'll get Tennessee in at three, I guess. And, and we'll go from there.
0: I see I think Tennessee is going to be that team that's probably they're gonna put four and then as the season goes on they'll move them up to three yeah
1: yeah they're not gonna put Tennessee in three yet they'll put them at four or five right now yeah uh but yeah in the end I I if we're gonna be have a rematch of that game I just let's have it in the, in the final. And I I agree with that. I, I know people, some people complain about that in previous years where it's obvious that they move someone to three instead of him four to avoid the rematch. I'm fine with that. I'd rather have the semifinals, you know, be matchups. We haven't seen already.
0: I say it all the time though. Brian Kelly going for two loved it when they scored. I was like, go for two, go for two. And then they lined up to go for two. And I was like, I love this. I love it. Timeout was called. They still sent the offense back out there, got the two point conversion and win. Don't let Bama have another shot. It's the only—that's your best yeah. chance to win—is keeping that offense on the field
1: was or right off said, the field. Did, excuse right. me. Yeah, I don't like Brian Kelly. I root against him personally, but I was rooting for that team to beat beat Alabama this week, and I'm glad that happened. I just I
0: don't like Brian Kelly at all. Yeah, big win for them. Uh, let's see. In Major League Baseball, Astros win the World Series and punch their ticket. Uh, to another dynasty that hopefully – or another championship that hopefully will not have an investigation after it. So, good for that. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm really happy for Dusty Baker. Um, I'm happy for Trey. You know, rooting against the previous cheating and stuff. I don't think they're cheating now. I know there was video of the other night. Some It looked like one of the guys had stuff on his hat and on his thumb and stuff. I don't know. I, I hope I, – I just – I don't know. I'm happy for Dusty. As two teams, it was hard for me to root for. I'm not a big Philadelphia sports fan. So happy for Dusty is about all I got to say from it.
0: Happy for Trey Mancini. Good for him.
1: All right. D block time here on the podcast. And uh, I want to talk about what's dominating life and really kind of say it by what's not dominating my life. Uh, I went back, you know, we had been on and I wanted to go back to the last time he was on the podcast just to kind of get a sense of what we talked about, especially on that, you know, the, the binge stuff there. And, right after that, when he was on, we talked about NASCAR and Talladega and stuff like that. And I was like, I don't know if I've watched a race since that time. Like that sport has completely off my radar. I'm sure I probably watched Daytona last February. So that's probably overstating it, but I, I have no awareness of that sport. Like I seriously don't even know who just won the championship. I know it happened. I know they were running it. I saw the guy run the ride the wall a week ago so i saw the viral twitter moment from a week ago but i don't know i don't know who won the championship last night do you know can you tell me no yeah it's just crazy how much that sport has just completely died they should have done whatever it took to stay on espn they should have taken whatever money espn was going to give them and stayed on espn because without them on espn they never get talked about in the sports landscape
0: yeah, it's tough for them, um, and it sucks for them, but I just – I don't have anything. I, I don't. And the
1: thing is, too, the thing about Martinsville, a week ago we're watching this car ride the wall. I'm looking at all the seats. I've been to a race there, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at seat that I sat in doesn't exist anymore because it's grass, and then the whole stretch is grass. There's no stands there. Like, not even – no one watching them on TV. They're getting so many less people in, in – person, which isn't surprising. Usually, you know, fame and hype in one area on TV is gonna push the other. But like it's just like the the management of that sport has done a terrible job.
0: So I think their problem is twofold. One, I think I mean, I'm you watching F
1: one reality show. I mean
0: that's your problem. <laughs> that's one of them right there. Drive to survive has created more interest in F1. Those races are also on Sunday. So folks are watching that now. Usually it doesn't overlap the NASCAR race.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: Usually it doesn't unless, you know, right now there's races are in America. So that overlaps a little bit with NASCAR, but yeah. Well, I mean, they're going to have three U S races. There's a race in Brazil and there's a race in Canada. So that's five races now out of
1: time zone. Yeah. On the,
0: on the, that are similar time zones. Um, and then you have NFL is just growing in popularity more and more and more. And I think that creates a bigger problem for sports like NASCAR that exclusively race on Sundays. Like It's going to be hard. I think that's the I, advantage that, you know, the premier league or F1, those two sports play in the morning, usually, or right. soccer's in the morning races are usually in the morning. And so you don't have to worry about that. It doesn't interfere with your football watching.
1: I do wonder. I, I like your point there. Uh, you know, I, I think that that's uh, uh, the fall. That's the postseason that's gotten kind of weird for NASCAR. And I, you know, I do think you know, if if you're walking into the postseason, the the end of the season for NASCAR, you don't know really what the format is like. You're not spending much time to sit there and think about it and figure it out. You're going to just turn to the NFL that you're used to watching. But, I I mean, even in the spring and the summer, I'm not watching NASCAR. So, it's not just the NFL's fault that I'm not watching. I think the F1, a lot of those NASCAR races, or a lot of those F1 races happen in the mornings during that season. I'm still not cutting over Fox or NBC later. I think finding it, knowing where the race is, just given each week. Like, we know where football is every week. We know where college football is every week. And NBA, you know you're watching TNT on Thursdays or – abc on saturday like it's 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 pretty normal i think that split season of like what is it fox in the front of the season and nbc in the second part of the season and then nbc throwing it on one of four networks at any given time like i think that hurts it but i do think i like your point with the schedule i didn't think of this until you just said it like it'd be cool if nascar did try to play with the schedule a little bit and you know there's a lot of people that have those friday nights at the racetrack you know heritage in them i wonder if they would like you know, that's what the Bristol race is, is a, fr- is a night race Saturday mud. night. Uh, yeah. You know, it's a Saturday night, like try some of that change in, you know, Saturday night at the racetrack. I said what I said, Friday, my bad. Saturday night, at the racetrack, like do a little bit more of that. I know that's requires lights and stuff, but like maybe not skip those opportunities when they're in front of you and, and things like that mess with the schedule a little bit, see if you can get a little bit of more of that in the fall. I know you're still going to be against college football on Saturday nights in the fall, but maybe you have a chance, but, I also think just like cleaning up the postseason might help a little bit. I think they've gotten so adamant about creating, you know, this playoff and you're getting down people, down people. I think it's driven people away. And you get these people that are so, you know, into their fan bases when they have nothing to care about um because their guy missed it by one point a couple weeks ago. I, I just wonder about like having that a little bit looser. I don't mind getting people out, but like getting it down to four people that last race. I don't know. I think it drives people away from carrying a little bit because I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I, I guess it's the not having those Dale Earnhardt Juniors and Jeff Gordons and Tony Stewart's those names that I was familiar with. They're all gone. I think that I think maybe that's part of what I'm saying too.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if moving to Saturday helps because I think college football is getting more popular. Like I, yeah. I don't know what the answer is for NASCAR. I I, I, I don't really know. don't it's a heavy regionalized sport that unfortunately that region is also becoming enamored with college football. So that hurts you. It does.
1: All right. We're getting in. uh, I I mean, basketball, college basketball starting up. I have a preview like made for this podcast, but we're long already this week. So I'm going to hold it till next week. I don't think, you know, all these top 25 teams, smashing teams this week is going to change our outlook on the season preview here. There's 200 games on Monday, uh, opening the season here on the men's side. That's incredible. Um, but uh, we'll talk more about college basketball next week. Hopefully, all of our local teams start out well. But uh, are you ready to jump into some more walk ups?
0: No, um, before I do that, um,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, before I do that, I also want to uh, kind of go back to baseball a little bit. I know we kind of brushed through it really quickly there, but you know, now that the off season is getting ready to start, this is kind of as an Orioles fan, you know, we, we had the strong season this year where we did a lot better than a lot of people, myself included thought was going to happen this year. So I think really what it comes down to now is what are we going to do in the off season? We have said that, you know, we're, this is where we take off. We're going to start spending money. Okay. Let's do it. Let's let's bring in some valuable pieces that we need. I think the Orioles need a starter. I'd like to see another bullpen arm. I would like to see one bat fill in a hole that we have in the lineup. And then I'm interested. I get real interested in this team. Yankees have a ton of people opting for free agency, including Aaron Judge. Anthony Rizzo is another one that opted for free agency. I don't think the Yankees are going to lose all those guys, but...
1: Rizzo's opted out,
0: yeah. Yeah, they're going to have to spend money for him. Um, And so I think the Yankees are going to have a lot of money tied up in the offseason. I think the Orioles have a chance with almost no money on the books now to start investing in this team, fill in the holes. They have a lot of young guys still. Um, I also look for them to maybe, if Adley starts off the first half like he did this year, I I look for the Orioles to start talking extension long-term for him. Um, to, just to kind of try to get that under control now. Um, I, I think the Orioles need to need to strike. The fan base is starting to get engaged again. This is a great opportunity to kind of get invested. Um, the other thing I thought, you know, we didn't mention there that I guess we can talk about in the D block here really quickly. The Colts going with Jeff Saturday as an interim head coach is bold. The only oh, coaching yeah. experience he has is in high school, and he wasn't good there. So, I just don't understand. I I don't have a problem with getting rid of your coach if you don't think he's the guy. Okay, whatever. But interim. Somebody not on the staff, just a bad idea, just an awful idea, and I don't like it. I I think it's. Yeah, I
1: think it's really strange.
0: I think they're going to get creamed. I think they're going to be bad. I. I it's only going to get worse for the Colts. If you I agree, got your I songs, I mean, you can go they, ahead.
1: They probably need to. They probably need to affect their GM too. I guess. Um, all right. So uh, walk-up songs. Let's get to it. We had some interaction with a few of you. Um, I'll depend on you, Joe, to talk about John and uh, Jeff Wright. I got the other ones noted here. So let's talk about some of the other people's ones that they mentioned. Mike Barber. I bugged him to get some. He, uh he brought up inner sandman and related to Mariano that was a dig I think at us being uh, VT guys and uh you know making sure that he he knew that I thought he knew that he was telling me that inner Sandman belongs to Mariano and not Virginia Tech I completely disagree with that yeah but it is wrong. a it it's finer yeah uh, he also had Led Zeppelin immigrant Song, and he was referencing how his kids like that from uh, Thor rang rangnork and uh I Ragnarok ragnarok there you go uh but so i like those choices for mike barber i appreciate him throwing a couple out there uh matt hatfield he brought up thunderstruck and he brought up timmy trumpets uh song so kind of the more popular ones that we already know the he actually hit where i was gonna bring in this week so and i haven't filled in my blank yet so I, I might end up still back there but anything acdc that's the more common usual stuff people use and uh i think thunderstruck's like probably my favorite one of those um and then Steve Cash, he had What You Know by T.I. He had Coolio's Gangsta Paradise uh, and also Bush Machine Head. That was a great one that he had. And, I, and he had uh N.E.R.D. song on there, too, that a lot of their songs, anything with Pharrell can be pretty good. So that, that was where some of the interactions we got from Steve Cash and then also Matt Hatfield and Mike Barber.
0: Yeah, I'll pull up uh, John now to get his answers because I don't want to – leave him out okay he here are his three batter intros i don't hate any of these really um i still haven't listened to one of well i haven't listened to a couple of them um so he had free fallen by tom petty as one of his batter intros he had galaxy 500 by reverend horton heat as number two i haven't heard that
1: I'm gonna, have
0: to, I'm gonna have to listen to that one too <laughs> yeah um thug by zz top um yeah that's good yeah zz top is interesting but i love it and then run boy run by wood Kid as his bullpen song i like that song that's a good song yeah that's good choices that's, that's now a... he even gave us some honorable mentions that he loves to hear Ooh. at games but he said were too obvious for her for his actual choices That's
1: what I've tried to stay away from is the obvious one. So what's he got? Oh, I don't care
0: about that. Taco Taco 2 by Dixon Waz. Um, I'm not familiar with that song. He said it belonged to a Waynesboro player from 2021 uh, in the Valley League. And Freaks chose my Freaks, Timmy Trumpet, as an honorable mention. Great choice by John there. Um, Just really special choices. Pick the ones
1: we've already said. That's a great choice.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but he was right which is the important thing. Okay, walk-up song for uh, Jeff Wright. Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins. I love that choice. Smart choice by Jeff there. Yeah. His reliever is Return of the Mac. Another good choice. (laughs) I like that. And he didn't give us another uh, batter intro, but he gave us his walk-off song.
1: (laughs) Walk-off song. There we go.
0: So he's planning on walking it off, and... (laughs) his walk-off song is unstoppable by Sia the chorus
1: okay I like it
0: yeah I do too
1: that's a little out of the box too I I didn't expect return of the Mac." that's a that's a jammer right there so I like that and yeah Sia that's good I like that
0: it is too um so to go back to ours to wrap it up I'm going to give you a walk-off song at the end too because Jeff motivated me to do that that's going to be the one okay. that it's going to be the one uh, that is the biggest admission on my part in terms of a guilty pleasure song. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I actually have two. Then I, I think I have then. one ready too then. <laughs> okay, I might let you have one because I've got another one just popped in my head. Uh, so my first batter intro this time around is going to be Seven Nation Army. I think it's just a classic.
1: So my theme this list is songs that, I mean, maybe you've heard, but like, less, po- way less popular. And I think the whole time I've been trying to do ones that are, aren't just the obvious choices. But this one, I'm, I'm trying to come up with a couple that you don't even know. I say, so the first one, I'm pretty sure you don't know. No. Gravity Kills, Blame, I think is a is an awesome song. The whole reason I even know the song, it was on some like off-road video game on the <laughs> computer that I had in the 90s. But like all, the, the soundtrack was banging. And it was cool because the soundtrack, you could take the CD that you put into the computer to play the video game you could put that in a CD player and it would just play the songs from the video game. And that so is that's cool. where I really have. This. So I uh, gravity kills blame. I listened to the soundtrack and and I did this. You got to, you got to remember I did this preparing myself to stand on the sidelines the entire time to the state championship game in the year, 2004 for Riverheads. We had to go to Liberty to play that game uh, against Bath County. I listened to that soundtrack the whole way there. I was absolutely amped to stand there on the sidelines and watch, watch the rest of the guys win the state championship.
0: So it was good. I, you know what? I like that about the nineties video game. (laughs) That made me laugh, which brings me to another thing I'll mention before we close out, but I'll wait. Uh, the Hills by the weekend, uh, is my second batter intro. It's another song that I think is it's popular, but again, I, you know, I just want to be in the right mindset when I go up there to hit smash home runs.
1: I always like "Sail" uh, by mm-hmm. AWOL Nation. Uh, the coolest time I ever saw that was the video where the guy's wearing like the flying squirrel suit and he's jumping off the mountain and falling and then he like hit, nearly dies, should have died. Uh, but that's when I became aware of that song. And I think knowing that story and that guy, you know, risking his life and and having that just the the um, the bravery that that guy has always connects me with that song. So I, I like that. Is that and the I, word? Some, people know that song. Is that the word? Yeah, I do yeah, we'll use the right word.
0: I don't know. Copperhead Road is my third batter intro. Um, yeah, good one. Man, that'll get the whole crowd pumped up.
1: That used to be on the pregame t- uh, CD up at Riverheads. I miss it. They need to get back to that. Um, so Wu-Tang, Gravel Pit, and the only reason I have it there, it's not the most popular Wu-Tang <laughs> song, but it's my like one of my favorite uh-huh. songs of all time. So even if it doesn't like scare other people when they hear it, I, I think it's good and it, it has a good groove to it. Um, it's going to have me pumped up. So that's why I have it here.
0: Okay. And I've got one by uh, tiny Tempa wonder man as my closer song.
1: Nice. So I'm, and this is where I get a little off the rails here mm-hmm. for my closer song. I I basically I'm going Mandalorian, the theme for the Mandalorian. And it has just that like driving like pace to it. And I think walking in the stadium, it'd be cool. I know people are going to relate that to star Wars and probably laugh at it, but I don't know. I like, I like the vibe of that song and I think it works in the show and I think it'll work in that spot too. I
0: don't know. You know what? I heard somebody talking about this. I think star Wars is starting to become so mainstream in pop culture. Like you're the one that's, you know, not cool. If you don't know what it is. I think it's I don't think it's just nerds now. I think it's mainstream. I know I asked you this. Are you
1: watching any of this Andor?
0: No, I got to catch up. I
1: haven't gotten. To I it. I'm watching. It. it is different. I mean, it is not the usual Star Wars and it is serious and I think it's cool. I think it's okay. cool that they're allowing the Star Wars universe to have just a different show. Now, the 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 setting of it and everything that's Star Wars and there's the car- like the, you know, the alien looking people like that's all fine. It's still the same universe, but it's just like it's it's serious and uh, I might like that then I gotta check it out. It's a lot of politics and a lot of seriousness and uh, Mm. I've lost two of my kids on it, but I still have one going strong. So we're, we're
0: doing it. it. Um, okay. (laughs) So the walk-off song, since Jeff got us on walk-off songs, this is the one and you're not expecting it. So maybe you'll take the other one. Um, dirty, sexy money. That song it's on (laughs) when I play MLB the show and I hit a home run, that's the song that plays. It's a, yeah by David Guetta, and I can't remember who the other person is on here. (laughs) Hold on. Oh, Charlie XCX is who it's featured in French Montana. Yeah, big fan.
1: This is, like, I guess it's a guilty pleasure song, but I guess the message from it, and, like, if you use the right version with the extreme bass, I'm going to be there, especially for a walk-off. It's the uh, Demi Lovato, I'm sorry, I'm not sorry.
0: Oh, Uh, okay.
1: bass, it's good, and then that message of, like, I'm sorry that I'm not sorry. Like, that's pretty good. So like, after you've walked it off and you're coming across home plate, you know, sorry, but I'm not sorry. Go home.
0: I thought you were going to use bye, 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 but that would have been another good (laughs) pleasure.
1: (laughs) I, I, I don't, I never had that much pleasure with the NSYNC, uh, Backstreet Boys era. So
0: they got some bangers. Uh, but yeah, You talking about video games in the 90s reminded me of my theme for the whole weekend, talking to my brother who was in town uh, and was the reason I was at the UVA game, uh, was him and his girlfriend. Um, But they put up a picture of the guy that was breaking down the keys to the game and his name escapes me. That's not the important part of the story. Um, But his uniform that he wore when he was at UVA was part of the picture they would put up on his keys to the game. And it was that 90s uniform UVA used to have. Go back to that, please. Go back to that uniform. It's so much better than the uniform you have now. Virginia Tech, also. 90s, go back to it. Louisville, I don't know what you were wearing in the 90s. Go back to it. What you have now is awful. (laughs) Um, There are so many teams that I think could go back to what they wore in the 90s, and they would be just fine. I just, I like those uniforms better.
2: Look Even at UVA's uniforms in the 90s up. and
0: tell me... Look at UVA... Yeah, you can touch them up a little bit if you want, but look yeah. at those uniforms and tell me they're not better than what they have now. What they have now looks like a rec league jersey. I would not wear that. Virginia Tech is the same. It's just in maroon and orange instead of navy and orange. I don't like Virginia Tech's football jersey either.
1: There's been plenty of talk around Tech jerseys where Nike's really not showing us the love. It, I think we need to win before Nike's going to show us any love. So. Oh, but I don't yeah, care about we'll a new we'll design.
0: Go back. Go back. I, tell Nike yeah. to shut up. We've... Here's the picture of what we want. Make that. Yes, it looks plain Jane, but it's awesome. Does Alabama look plain Jane? Yeah, they go win. Does Ohio State look plain Jane? Yeah, they go win. Like, just look good. You'll play good. UVA, go back to the 90s. You haven't been good since then anyway. Go back to those uniforms. That's probably what's the missing part. That's probably why their offense is struggling.
1: I have little desire to be Oregon in the uniform. So, yeah, I'm good with the 90s. I'm good. Honestly, they they did a flashback of the
0: Georgia-Tennessee game from the 90s, and Georgia's, like, numbers were – the stripe was thicker. It was more of a three-dimensional look with the numbers. That was awesome. I saw that. I was like, God, Georgia, go back to that. Now, their uniforms haven't changed that much. It's just the stripes gotten thinner. But, oh, love that. I love those uniforms. Every time I see an old shot of football from the 90s, very few times am I looking at the uniform going, oh, that's ugly. The NFL could do that too, by the way, giants go back to the giants helmets from little, to, some of those the cheaper
1: giants. looking uniforms in the nineties and not necessarily by the teams we've talked about there, but just like, we're like, you can, you know, it's, it's the old, you know, it's just the old school Jersey. Yeah. And it, it it Holy, I I'm not as into that as old school, oh, I but am. the old, like the way tech Jersey, those old Maroons were great. I I'm not arguing with what you're saying about UVA and all these other teams, but I, yeah. Some of the, like the Russell athletic jerseys from like 93.
0: Love mean, 93. those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bring them, them back. Without doing that, no. no, bring them back. But UVA, their uniforms were even more intricate than they are now. It's like UVA was like, let's get more basic and make it look worse. Like, <laughs> I don't know what the marketing team or the, the brand design team told nike or whoever does uva's uniforms when they went into the meeting for all right what do you want your uniforms to look like uh ugly like i i imagine that's what the message was because that's what it is and and honestly like when i look back at those uniforms from the 90s i'm like that's a cool uniform that's a cool uniform they have little diamonds uh white diamonds and like an orange stripe around the collar that looked awesome Go back to that. Your font was better then, too, because now you just have plain Jane font. It looks dumb. I hate it. They need to go back to it. Virginia Tech do the same. I don't like your uniforms now either. But. JMU could probably Uh, stay now. Their uniforms. I'm
1: going to throw a quick tweet out at you that Cody Elliott hit while we're broadcasting or while we're taping here. He said, don't be surprised if a bunch of these playoff games get moved up to Thursday this week because of the heavy rain looking at this week so even more so there's a lot of games already scheduled for thursday because of the friday holiday but just keep an eye on that this week uh and uh, make sure you don't uh, miss the game if it's uh scheduled for friday and gets moved up to thursday so look out for that that's cody cody wisely giving us a heads up
0: yeah i uh you and chip enjoy the playoff games whether they are thursday or friday um i guess if it's thursday i could maybe swing it but You've been on TV a a
1: couple times, though. We haven't talked about that on the podcast. You've been on on the television a couple of times now.
0: Including this morning. So, Yeah. It's awesome, man. That will do it for us on the Yak Sports Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to us. Podbean, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Wherever you have subscribed to podcasts, we're probably there. You can find us on Twitter. At Yak Sports Pod. That's Y-A-C Sports Pod, at least for now. Um, Facebook at Yak Sports Pod, Y-A-C Sports Pod. I say that not because we're going to leave, but you never know if you'll be able to find us or not. I right. We're not going to pay $8. I was going to say, I can promise you we're not going to pay $8. Um, yak sports pod at gmail.com. We're already losing money at this. We don't need to lose more. Um, but if you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, you'll never miss another episode. You can reply on Twitter or Facebook, or you can shoot us an email the Yak sports pod at gmail.com. That's YAC for your Augusta County sports pod and interact with us. Tell us what you're looking forward to this football playoffs. Talk about Stewart's draft cheer and their dynasty or the Fort volleyball run that they're on. Uh, whatever you want to talk about, whether it's college football, we'll NFL, whatever. Songs. We're, yeah. We're we'll probably take not walk-up have songs. Another
1: segment of it. If we get some good answers that we might.
0: Yeah. Keep them coming. Leland and I are probably, we've, we've uh, exhausted, the yeah. walk up songs. But if you have yours and you haven't given them to us yet, keep giving them to us. We'll spit them out when you give them to us. So, uh, whenever that is. But hope you enjoyed it. And um, feel free to tell me my songs stink or that you love them. That, you know, you're entitled to an opinion. If you love them, you're right. If not, that's okay. Um, it's America. You're allowed to be wrong. But until then, folks, we hope you enjoyed this episode of the X Podcast. Have a great week.